My motivation for healing was primarily for my children. And then my next uh, goal for healing was to be able to get through the day without so much suffering because the post-traumatic was awful. You know, I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming, hyperventilating, curled in a ball, um, ho horrific nightmares. Um, if somebody came up behind me, I would, you know, jump, scream, and go into a fetal position. I had e extreme uh, post-traumatic stress. These are the stories of average people who have massively changed their lives from a Tony Robbins event. This is episode 16 of the Tony Robbins Impact Podcast. Today I'm talking with Catherine Wilson who just shares her unbelievable story. I, I don't want to go too much into it now, but her story is just incredible. It's of such resilience and she's used this pain and trauma and turned it into something so worthwhile and her foundation Stop Trafficking US works in the human trafficking prevention area using education as a tool for prevention and I've left some information about her foundation guys listen to the episode and uh, support her foundation it's just wonderful to hear how Tony has impacted her life and uh, she told me after the interview that she literally feels like she wouldn't be alive without Tony and his work and finding his tapes when she was uh, really struggling. So, guys, I hope you enjoy the episode. Today I'm with Catherine Wilson from Stop Trafficking US. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. I've been listening to your podcast and they're just amazing. And the fact that I get to be on it is just so cool. Thank you. No worries. Thank you for listening. Uh, it's been a it's been a wonderful journey so far. And your story is uh, is no different. It's uh, incredible. It's one of the many incredible um, stories that I've been exposed to through doing this show. Um, if you just wanted to share a little bit about uh, some of the events, I guess, in your life that led you to, uh, obviously, we're talking about Tony Robbins today, but what are some of the, um, you know, things that you've had to work through through his work? Certainly. Um, so I was born to a middle income uh, family. My father was an electrician and my mom stayed at home and I'm the oldest of three children. My younger brother was very sick. Um, he had uh, the kind of asthma that the doctors would come and tell my mom and dad, your son might not make it through the night kind of uh, sickness. So my, my parents were diverted, you know, their attention went to my brother, which left me vulnerable to predators. So my first offender sexually was uh, uh, somebody who worked in the elementary school that I went to in first grade would uh, call me his special little girl and bring me into his office. And that set up sort of a chain reaction to being sexually abused by many different people uh, throughout my life. 
at that time in first grade, you know, I was having nightmares and I was bedwetting and all of the signs that today we would say something's wrong. But back then, the concentration was on my brother and they thought, oh, you know, she's having growing pains. Uh, she sleeps soundly. Her bladder, you know, goes. They just didn't think much of it. Um, but it did make me behave differently. And so I was bullied at school. Um, didn't really fit in. So we've got being sexually abused, bullying at school. I started skipping school so I wouldn't be bullied. And then when you skip school, who you know, the offenders who are sort of the outliers waiting for the vulnerable people to show up, I was uh, abused, you know, more and then started running away from home. And of course, when you run away from home, uh, there's more uh, people out there. So, uh, you know, at first I would run away to uh, people that I thought were my friends. And when you run away to somebody's home and they don't let the authorities know <laughs> that there's a runaway there, the odds are you just sort of went out from the frying pan into the fire, which was my case. So I started, um, I was a runaway from 12 to 17 years old. Uh, there were points that I was eating out of dumpsters and finding places to sleep because obviously staying with human beings wasn't a great option. I was being uh, uh, raped, choked to unconsciousness, beaten. Um, so I would I would go into em empty apartment buildings. Um, I would sleep in forts in the woods, wherever. And at 15, I was uh, starving. And I met a couple of girls that said, hey, you know, you could um, you could sell sex and uh, you would have your own money and our boyfriends would keep you safe and make sure nothing happened to you. They didn't call them pimps back then. And they fed me macaroni and cheese with peas and tuna fish in it. And if you've ever been so hungry that you eat something and you can feel it going through your body, like they had me at the meal. You know, I had I had stopped menstruating because I was so malnutritioned. So I was sex trafficked for a year during that uh, 50, when I was 15. Oh, actually a little over a year. And then um, at 17, I, I escaped. So there was a tremendous amount of trauma. Um, I did not go through the addictions that a lot of people do, not because I'm better than anybody, but uh, if I could have smoked a joint and drank a margarita, I would have. But um, the drugs and alcohol didn't affect me the same way. Like even today, I can't do Tylenol or Novocaine or very hypersensitive. So that was really a, uh, a gift that I that I couldn't tolerate drugs and alcohol. So the good thing is I didn't have to deal with the addictions. The bad thing is I remembered every awful, horrible thing that's ever been done to me. So when I escaped uh, the pimp, I had to survive the surviving is what I call it. Uh, anybody who's been away at war knows that the real hell from war doesn't begin until you're back home when you're safe. So um, I was 17 and uh, had to start surviving the surviving. I had a couple of cool things. I had a grandmother that loved me. So I, I, I had that um, 
uh, through my life, knowing that there was one human being that wasn't cruel to me. Uh, so that was really important as we learned with ACEs, the adverse childhood experiences, if you're familiar with that. So I had that going for me. And then when I, um, when I escaped uh, and came back home, I had a spiritual awakening with the death of my father. And that, uh, that spiritual awakening gave me a mooring to be with him when he died and have uh, this spiritual thing happen. I knew that there was something beyond the visible world. So I had my grandmother and then I had that experience happen. And those two things really kept me from uh, killing myself and going on. Um, uh, I had heard that the 12-step program could help anybody. So when um, after my father died and I was living with my mom, I started going to AA meetings and I would just lie about drinking, just like free therapy and uh, and go. And I, I met uh, a man who was kind to me and I thanked him the only way somebody like me knew how to thank him. And the condom broke and uh, and I got pregnant with my with my first child. So I. Uh, my I escaped trafficking. My father died and I moved from Maine to Kansas. I'm pregnant and married within three months. Mm. So now I'm a homemaker living in a strange state and I am having full blown panic attacks, night terrors, and I couldn't tolerate any medication uh, to ease any of that. I just sort of white knuckled it went to church three times a week, went to AA meetings constantly, and uh, started uh, therapy, uh, group therapy once a week, and individual therapy once a week. And I did not believe that I was a victim. I thought that I had been a whore. And not, I mean, it's just like, no judge, I mean, just like I was a whore, and um, I was forgiven I belong to a fundamentalist church. I was forgiven and uh, and all was was well. Um, all would be well. And I um, I all I wanted to do at that time in my life was be a good mom. That was it. Uh, I wanted to learn how to be a good mom and learn how to be a good wife, and hopefully. Uh, not crawl out of my skin all the time. So um, that was what kept me going on. And you had mentioned it many times in your pot, your podcast that for you, you know, connecting, you know, at the end of the day, you want to be connected with your children. And for me, I wanted to be the best parent I could be. So I focused on studying how to be a good parent. What does that even look like? Like, I didn't know how to be a human being. I had to get up to zero and try to survive this surviving thing. So I'm in the throes of post-traumatic. I'm married, and I have these little kids. And every day, I'm just trying to stay in a routine and do my, you know, do my thing. Um, and then uh, my... After a few years of, of marriage, I was 25 years old when I uh, 
ended up in a room with uh, with an offender, a childhood offender, and uh, and I had this epiphany that I wasn't a whore, I was a victim, and uh, you know I I the pieces didn't come together until I was ready to deal with them, you know. Um, no one can sort of push you or force you, you know, it stuff comes up when it's ready to come up. The healing happens um, organically. So um, once that happened, it was like, oh, my gosh, all of the things came together. Like, um, Catherine, you were in first grade. <laughs> you, know, you know, you were 14 years old. You were 10 years old. You were, you know, and uh and it was like this light switch came on and I went, oh, OK, I was a victim. And now I can start to do the next level of work. So and your, as as I, I, sorry. Um, so your identity before, like you said, was wrapped up in I am this. I am. Um, you said I'm a whore. But well, yeah. now, now you now you sort of realized that, that I was a victim. Yeah. But, but not like um, uh not like an entitlement victim, not like uh, the world, you know, owes me anything, but just like, oh, oh okay. Um, so now uh, how do I heal that? My motivation for healing was primarily for my children. And then my next uh, goal for healing was to be able to get through the day without so much suffering because the post-traumatic was awful. You know, I would wake up in the middle of the night screaming, hyperventilating, curled in a ball, um, ho horrific nightmares. Um, if somebody came up behind me, I would, you know, jump, scream, and go into a fetal position. I had e extreme uh, post-traumatic stress uh, and, and refused medication, you know, and uh, my day was very routine. The routine that I gave to my little children was the routine that I needed to. So that was just like this beautiful thing. And when that time of my life came that I finally could move to the next level of acceptance of the reality of what had happened to me, my husband left me for another woman. So now my marriage uh, is, has ended and the church that I was going to was a fundamental church and they don't they weren't really keen on a divorced woman being in the church. So I lost the church, too. And that was like such a gift for me because now I was able to expand where I received help, where I got resources from. And I started learning about new thought. And Oprah was just, you know, got her own show and she's having Gary Zukoff and, you know, all these cool people. And I'm learning about John Bradshaw healing the child within. And I'm doing uh, a thing called EST or the form. It was a landmark education process. And somebody, a salesperson at um, AA told me about Tony Robbins. And so now I'm doing personal power. So when I say I had to get up to zero like I had to learn everything and Tony taught everything and Tony didn't teach just about uh, what Tony thought, but I got these uh, cassettes, you know, and the cassettes were these interviews with all these amazing people and it was 
you know, uh, how to sleep and uh, how to do your day, how to do, how to be healthy, how to uh, do time management, how to do relationships. I needed help how to do relationships. I didn't know how to make friends or be a friend or um, uh, appropriate boundaries. And he would say things like success leaves clues. And he put, you know, the um, the internal locus that the focus of attention was internal on it's all within you, which was exciting and terrifying because I thought if you need my mind to fix me, Houston, we have a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know? you know, how is my sick mind going to fix me? Mm. Um, but he, you know, the guests that he would interview were so uh, varied. There were people who had horrific childhoods. There were people who had fantastic childhoods. And what the one thing that Tony gave me was hope. He gave me hope. And that's, you know, it doesn't matter if you have health, if you have wealth, if you have relationships or where you are geographically, if you don't have hope, you have nothing. Yeah. He gave me hope. So and what I thought, made you, what, what allowed you to see hope in, in Tony's work? By listening to, number one, he made, he made sense to me. You know, uh, listening to him, we didn't, I didn't, we didn't have YouTubes then. It was like cassette tapes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just turned 55, so um, I, you know, so he he gave me hope and and he turned me on. It, he wasn't the kind of person that said, "I am the only way." You know, he was. Let me introduce you to this great person and this great person and this great person and this great person, and here is the latest and greatest information. What we know today on how to be a human being. And I needed to learn how to be a human being because I felt like everybody on the planet got the how-to life manual, but I missed that opportunity. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have the how-to-do life manual. And so here he is like giving it to me. And he he didn't uh, make me feel guilty for going and doing other things as well. So he would turn you on to different people. And I got turned on to different people. Like, again, I did, um, you know, I did the, the forum. I did uh, rebirthing. Um, I went to Gay and Catlin uh, Hendricks uh, thing on learning how to do proper breathing. I did the, um, the Hoffman Quadrinity process. So for me, um, it took a lot of different kinds of education, experiential, and therapies um, to help me become a human being and to bloom. So, um, so going, going to date with Destiny was like, um, I did that. That was my first time going to an event was um, not this past December, but the one before. And, you know, I had already done all the stuff that he was teaching years and years and years ago. He's been around a long time and his what he what he tells people works. 
it works if you work it, you know, like you can fake anything, but this is real. Um, in the work that I do today, I meet so many people, well, even at Date with Destiny, you know, you see people who maybe had like one awful thing happen to them and they, they have lived that devastation for 30 years. And I just want to grab them. Like it was everything I had to stay in my seat. I just wanted to grab somebody and say, okay, you were raped 30 years ago. Go do volunteer work at the rape crisis center, you know, and you will be grateful and you'll find the joy and find meaning and find purpose. How Sorry, difficult how, was it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I can hear a dog in the background. Um, how how difficult was it for you to? I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, that's um, I'm sh you know I'm sure people, if there's anyone out there connecting with that, uh, you can hear about Catherine's work that she does now uh, in a minute, but. First of all, how difficult was it to, you know, Tony talks about if you if you stay the victim, like obviously horrible things happen and that they are horrible. But if you stay the victim, you, you can never move. You can never move forward and grow. How difficult was it to uh, move forward? after those events, and I know you've already talked about some of the tools you got from Tony and others, but uh, psychologically, how difficult was it to let go of the, the stories of the past? Um, learning how to question the stories I tell myself. Um, you know, not... I not making my thoughts my identity was really huge for me. So when I have the when I have stuff that comes up for me, I can ask myself, is that true? Um, is that you know that little Byron Katie stuff in there? Is that true? Um, you know how you know he he talks about and I love this. He talks about choosing what your beliefs are. You know, um, even if it's a, um, a lie, you know, um, I'm going to be happy and energetic that incantations, that's not true. I'm really not feeling whatever, you know, um, but we can change our story about something. And so if I go to my, so for me, where I go is unworthy. My, when I'm tired and I'm hungry and I, maybe I'm, I'm out of alignment uh, with my highest and best version of myself, um, I'm off. You know, when I'm off, my where I go to is I'm utterly socially unacceptable. Um, if they really knew me, they wouldn't like me. I'm unworthy of whatever. And when I hear uh, that negativity in my mind, as soon as I'm aware of it, then I'll do what Ram Dass uh, taught me years ago, and I will get rid of it. I will I will name it because the, what I'm thinking, those thoughts, that's not my true self. That's not who I really am. That is this humanity that's coming out of me for whatever reason. And if I have the time, I'll look at what the reason is. But if I don't have time, 
I don't need to check it out right then. I can just say, okay, that's not my high, highest self. And uh, what else can it mean? Uh, do I choose to believe this or am I going to choose to believe something else? And I can make that distinction for myself. You know, I can, I can change that. Um, and so being able to question my thoughts, knowing that my thoughts aren't me, and then choosing what I want to believe instead. So, for example, um, uh, my husband uh, would work really late when we first got together 10 years ago. And I wondered if he was cheating on me because um, uh, my husband cheated on me. And uh, when I believed that thought, how I behaved was um, pathetic, you know, insecure, fearful, um, you know, uptight. And when my husband would come home, he would come home to where were you? Right. But if I chose to believe my husband loves me, he's faithful to me. I'm faithful to him. Our love is secure. Then I could go to sleep. Um, I, whether he came home or not. And when he came home, no matter what time he came home, I chose to get out of bed and give him a warm greeting. Yeah. Welcome home. I'm so glad to see you. I love you. I just wanted to greet you warmly. It's midnight. I'm going to bed. Good night. <laughs> you know, and yeah. uh, he, came ho he came home late, you know, that first year a bunch of times. But, you know, my husband has never come home late since uh, for years, uh, you know, yeah. because you want to come home to to warm love. Right. And I don't want to feel insecure. So maybe someday he will cheat on me. Maybe he won't. But I'm in the right here, right now moment. And right here, right now, I choose my beliefs. And my beliefs is all is well. And then I do actions to make sure that that's true. Yeah. My, uh, that makes total sense. One of my previous guests said, beliefs are the lies you tell yourself. And, and it's true. yeah, like some of your beliefs, uh, can't be proved proven right so so, well, so where, the beliefs that are holding beliefs, you back and where do our beliefs come from our beliefs come from you know they're genetically passed down you know mm -hmm. my mother my grandmother you know they're not even our beliefs we think that we're so unique and they're our beliefs but they're they're not they've been passed down so as tony teaches us we can step back and take a look at our beliefs and say are these beliefs creating the kind of person that I want to be in this world? And if they're not supporting that, I mean, every action, every thought, what I listen to in music, what I eat, what I eat when I go to bed, everything is about, is this supporting the highest and best version that Catherine can be in this lifetime? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very true. So, um, You've been through a bit of a journey, obviously, with with your life, and you've been through a lot of things. You talked about briefly about Date with Destiny. Uh, what is it? About 18 months ago now. What were your, I guess, expectations leading into that event, and what breakthroughs did you have? And and just yeah, more generally, how how was it for you? Um, I was disappointed that 
I wasn't more proactive. Um, you know, everybody's a Monday morning quarterback, and I really wish, um, looking back, that I would have just stood up. You know, the, the, to hell with raising your hand. I should have just stood right up and, and, and said something. So I, I left a bit disappointed that I wasn't more um, assertive. Uh, it was wonderful to see him in live. I mean, he's been, you know, these other people, uh, gurus, teachers, mentors, sort of come and go in my life. But Tony's work has stood the test of time and has been consistent. And, you know, I really wanted two things with Date with Destiny. The first thing was I wanted to thank Tony. Um you know, what I do now is I give back, like you had said in a different podcast, that you feel responsible to Tony to, to give back for what you've received. And that's, that's how I feel. I feel uh, profoundly grateful for an amazing life that I have, and I would not have this life without Tony. Um, you've asked people these questions about, you know, thinking, you know, the Dickinson method, and that, you know, is sort of tricky when you come from uh, acute trauma. Um, I, I don't even know how I would have stayed alive without him. So it wasn't like, what, what kind of life would I have had? I don't think I would have had a life, um, truthfully. So, um, I wanted to thank him and I wanted to tell him what I've done with the human being that that he fixed, mm. you know, um, and actually it's making me a little emotional thinking about it. But, you know, to take somebody who um, uh, like me, who's been raped multiple times, choked to unconsciousness, hog tied. Um, you know, just awful things. Um, and to say, here I am at 55. I don't know if you can hear the loon outside right now, but I'm 10 feet off of Sebago Lake in Maine. There's a loon outside. I'm in a, a cute little house with a, a man who loves me. I've got healthy children and five grandchildren. It's been 10 years since I've had an anxiety attack, a panic attack, or a post-traumatic stress episode. The uh, person that I worked with at the Meadows um, for panic in Arizona got his thesis on panic disorder, and he said that I had the worst case he had ever seen. 10 years now with no medication. That is a mind job. And that is what I learned from Tony. I wanted at Date with Destiny to say, thank you. And here's what I've done with it. And here's what I'm doing with it. And hug him. Yeah. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to hug him. Yeah. And then the second That's thing so was I wanted, to, I wanted to tell him uh, how I'm helping children in, in Maine. You know, how I'm the work that I'm doing for child sexual abuse prevention and let him know what I'm what I'm doing. I had no idea that he was doing uh, the events that 
that he was doing, I've always been books or cassette tapes or, you know, YouTubes. It wasn't until I saw You Are, uh, I'm Not Your Guru, that I first saw uh, the Date with Destiny thing and how he treated uh, that girl who had been so severely sexually abused. That made me want to go to Date with Destiny. Yeah. You know, like that was a beautiful thing. That was beautiful. Yeah. His, it's, it's, it's deeper than wisdom. This is what I tell people. It's his work isn't, it's far beyond wisdom. There's some innate power that he has to connect with other people and, and allow them to see what's possible. That's, he, and I love the title of that documentary, I'm Not Your Guru, because he he's always said that. He's not here to fix anyone. He's here to show you what's possible. And right. this is exactly what I want to do with these interviews, is to whether people have been to his events and need to be reminded of what's possible or whether people have never been to his events and they get up and go because he the power of what he does is is so much deeper than just some tools and strategies. Uh, and I can, I can see it in your eyes, the, the, the power of what he has done for you and, oh. and your story is, is truly incredible. It is, uh, it is a, it's a holistic approach. You know, healing for me required uh, emotional, spiritual, physical, and he understands that. Um, he understands that. And he there's also the power of the group experience. You know, a lot of the work that I've done was, um, you know, small groups. But when you're in that date with destiny, um, you know, 5,000 people are in there. If you didn't do anything but just stood in the energy of that place, you you and you know you're wiring we are uh we're water and electricity you know and we are uh, we are vibrating and it raises you up you know that's the chanting and the movement and all that all that there are um kinesthetic reasons the rewiring if anybody has watched the secret or what the bleep do you know right and you see how the brain is wired it's it's scientific, it's strategies, it's spiritual, it is a, a a holistic practice, but the person has to do the work themselves. It's not Tony doing it. Tony is giving you the map and saying, here is the map, and I needed the map. You know, I needed to know how to be a human being. And he's saying, here, you want to you want to know how to be a human being? Here are the latest and greatest scientists on all these different things that you need to know how to be a human being um, for sleep, for exercise, uh, for your own biology, your pH balance, and for everything. Here you go. But then that person has to do it. And if you are willing to do the work, then you can transform your life. If you want to be happy, you know, and successful, right? Doing what you want, wanting what you have. Um, 
then Tony is a great place. That's, you know, and if you want to fast track it. So I've been in therapy for, you know, most of my life. I'm not currently in therapy. Well, I mean, life is therapy, isn't it? Um, but I don't like the uh, one hour once a week thing. Like I like to get it done. I'm short, I'm old, I'm impatient, and I'm tenacious. Let's get her done. <laughs> and and when you do these immersions, you know, when you go to an event, a weekend or a week long event, it's like it's like ten years worth of therapy in that time period. And if you're up for that, then man jump in and if you want to just go one hour a week somewhere and you know what you're going to spend 45 minutes just talking about traffic before you get to anything <laughs> deep oh time's up see you next week that would uh, be 120 dollars please you yeah, know yeah totally agree it's That's like and pe some people have said to me oh the but the price to go and i'm like i said i say you know i could have seen a psychologist i think maybe for 10 years right or I, I haven't done Date with Destiny yet, but or go to Unleash the Power Within for four days, right? And all that that ten years of work is done. It's like it's right. it's just totally um total immersion, absolutely beautiful stuff. Did um, you do the fire walk? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I did that in Glastonbury. That's a trip. Yeah, I mean it's it's funny I talk to people about that because the people who I was sitting with at the start of the first day of Unleash the Power Within were all like, what's the deal with that firework? There's no way I'm doing that. That's just, is that, is that real? And, and, you know, the end of the night, we're all got, we're all just storming across that fire. It's like, how right? did that happen? How does Tony yeah. get 8,000 people in such, such a state of certainty yeah. that you can take on anything like walking over hot coals? It's, uh, yeah. I think he hypnotized us. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. I'm seeing like these different groups, um, you know, the Facebook live group and all these different uh, groups that come up. And, you know, to to re how how often in our lives, unfortunately, um, you know, we don't feel that unconditional love and support and authenticity. It's not uh, uh, happy, happy, happy. You know, people are telling the deepest truths and sometimes it's really dark, you know, where they've been and what they've gone through and what they're dealing with. But there is this beauty in being authentic, taking full responsibility for your own life and taking responsibility for what it takes to go to the next level. And that um, that humility to be able to ask for help. That people, you know, you crave that. Once you've had that for that weekend or that week, it's like, man. And so people say, well, how come they keep going back? Well, uh, because it is it is a, a, a deep healing. You know, there are levels of, of healing and unfolding. And the clarity that comes from that and the connection with the other people, that they want to do that even in between events is staying. And who wouldn't? You know, who wouldn't? Tony's not doing this for the money. You know, he has all the money in, a, in, a, in an island in Fuji, you know. He doesn't need to do this. This is a, one of the cool things that, that Tony talks about that I really appreciate is who Tony is at these events versus who Tony is an individual coaching, who he is on the business side, who he is in his relationship. 
I love when he talks about the different aspects, not Sybil, but the different aspects of himself and how empowering that is. So you can be uh, totally honest and open and, and really sharing this stuff, but that doesn't mean you have to go into your work life and talk about your addictions or whatever, you know, there you learn how to uh, to have uh, when to have those boundaries, how to have those boundaries and how to empower yourself to show up like um, like today. I was asking myself, um, gee, I don't know what I'm going to say. And then uh, and then I asked myself, well, if you did know what to say, what would it be? <laughs> You know, yeah. just these who I am in the interview is different than what I would share at church this morning. And it's different than who I would be with work. Mm -hmm. And I I love all these different principles that come together to just support the whole person. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, Tony talks about there's two ways to be happy and fulfilled in life, growing and giving. I want to I want to give you the opportunity to share what you're doing because you've been through a lot as people have just heard and and now you're giving back and it, just from following you on Facebook and stuff I can see that it it is literally your purpose and passion to to give at the moment so I want to just just for everyone listening like seriously this this stuff is going on today human trafficking and and sexual abuse and yeah just just have a listen to what Catherine's got to say and um the charity that she now runs thank you i i appreciate that you know um i went on to uh be a national sales manager and make a six-figure income and bought my little house in in maine i was living in kansas at the time and uh the money was great you know buying uh Chanel makeup and clothes and um, my house was on track to be completely paid for in 15 years and my excellent credit and all that. Um, but it wasn't meeting my soul need, you know. Um, I moved here to my little house on the lake when I turned 40. And uh, when I was about 47 is when I started, I met my husband and I started volunteering at Long Creek. And uh, I stopped work. I started this nonprofit. Huffington Post said that the child sexual abuse is now at a pandemic level, not an epidemic, but a pandemic level. And it is the precursor to uh, some people will say we don't have a, a drug problem. We have a high ACE score problem. High ACE score means these children who are being uh, sexually abused you know, one in five children are being sexually abused, and that sets them up. I mean, we see it in the Tony events. We see these people whose lives are just devastated because of what was done to them when they were a little kid. So I go to these, um, I go to these uh, conferences all over the place, and they're usually out of state. They're expensive. Um, they're during the week. And I said, uh, you know, why can't I bring a conference here? So this is the big project that I'm doing now. Again, I never would have done it without Tony saying, dream big. So um, I reached out to a very well-known and respected child abuse prevention expert named Victor Veith in Minnesota. 
he has an organization called Zero Abuse. And I said, I really don't have the money to like pay you to come here, but I want to commit to you coming here and doing a conference. And he said, when is it beautiful in Maine? And I said, September. So September 12th, 13th and 14th, Victor and his team are going to come here and do a three-day conference for the community on how to keep children safe to begin with. So it, that means uh, all day Thursday, Friday. So Friday we have a breakout session because uh, the police, uh, anybody, first responders all need continuing educations around child abuse prevention and sex trafficking. So we're offering a breakout session for law enforcement, clergy, uh, multidisciplinary uh, institutions, organizations that need continuing edu education credits, CEUs. So uh, that will be on Friday. Friday night we have a band, because what do we learn at Tony events? Music's power. You That's have to have a good band. <laughs> so uh, so my, my uh, team is like, what is this with music? And I said, trust me, we have to have a good band. So I went to the Portland House of Music and I said, who's the most soulful, groovy, Motown kind of person? And so they gave me the name and I hired her. So uh, then the, uh, we have an, uh, so that's Friday night, big band. Uh, Saturday, we have uh, more keynote speakers, healthy sexuality, um, sex trafficking uh, organizations here, really nice group of people. And, uh, and then a panel uh, discussion. Here's the cool thing is I'm raising the $25,000 so that the entire thing is free of charge. So everyone in the community can come without worrying about how they're going to pay for it, including the police officers and the doctors and nurses who come for the continuing education free. This will be a love offering for our community. No one has done a conference specifically on child abuse prevention ever here. So this is uh, really exciting. I've raised, um, we just got started, I've raised 8,000, I've got 5,000 pending, a couple of fundraisers happening. Um, it was interesting because one organization that I applied for a grant, a $10,000 grant, said, we, uh, we love who you are, we see you on the news all the time, you are our local expert on child abuse prevention and sex trafficking, but we're not gonna give you the $10,000 grant for this conference because we don't believe that education will prevent a child from being abused. Yeah. I said, okay, so that's the, that's the level of ignorance, thinking that education won't. So um, as God would have it, you know, I find out that they're not giving me that loan and then two world-known experts. So Dr. Frankel, Dr. David Frankel, uh, his research is all over the world. Um, his work is on offenders, um, uh, child abuse prevention. When he found out about this, he gave me a video statement saying, education is a must in teaching people how to keep their children safe and to teach children how to have boundaries. So that was sort of, uh, a cool thing. Um, cool. So, uh, stoptraffickingus.org. What we what we do. Our mission is prevention by education. 
and we've I've talked to thousands of people all over the state of Maine. I work with Homeland Security in our local DA's office. The University of New Hampshire had me for the fourth time last week. It is a passion. I believe in people. I, I believe in people. And if they just understood, if I could just explain it, uh, the whole macro issue in an effective way, then I believe people will rise and feel confident that when they see something, say something. You know, 70% of all the, all the world's pornography is made in the United States. And 90% of that is made in the child's own home. People know, they feel like something's not right, but they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. And we're doing these educational videos. So there's three parts of my, of my nonprofit. One is I speak all over the place and I work with, with a, my dream team panelists. The second thing is this um, event that we're doing this fall. That will be an annual thing. And the other thing is doing educational videos with hometown heroes. So what that means is every um, community, it doesn't have to be state, it can be country, it can be state, uses their own hometown heroes, people that that community respects, and have that person do an educational video saying, hey, this is what's going on in our community. Here in Maine, if I talk about what's happening in New England, I lose the Maine people. They say, well, that's happening there, it's not happening here. But if I stay right with my community, then they listen. So our hometown heroes is a fisher, a fisherman, a fisherman on her boat. And she's standing next to the technology. And she said, I use technology to hunt fish and predators use technology to hunt your children. And you have to understand what applications are on the kids phones and what games they're playing and how to use parental controls. And then at the bottom of that video is links to learning what technology is safe, what one is questionable, and how to do the um, parental controls. So hometown videos, uh, panel discussions, and now this conference. That is how we educate our community to keep kids safe. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for your service in that space. I actually used to volunteer at a human trafficking prevention organization ah. in Thailand. So yeah. different work, but yeah, uh, something Same. I'm very passionate about yeah. also. Yeah. Um, and I'm, this is just beautiful because it, it, it is a exact byproduct of Tony's work. And this is the, this is the result of, uh, some of the impact that he's having on the world and when we change ourselves first we then can give back and that's the idea of this podcast and it's the idea of exactly what you've just said so thank you for that isn't that what the Dalai Lama said when he did his peacemaking uh, tour he said you know it's like throwing a, a pebble in and calm water and it ripples out you know first Tony gives us what we need to do our own inner work. And then that uh, that spreads that love to our relationships. It spreads to our children and our families, our co-workers, our neighbors. And it just it just goes out. And when we had to do date with destiny, you have to do your you know, your mission. 
And mine was that I want to be a, I am, not want to, I am a beacon of understanding around this issue, right, to help people understand hope because I'm a survivor who's thriving and love because that's the essence of who we are and who everybody else is too. So to be a beacon of understanding, hope, and love in this world. That's beautiful. I'll, uh, so I'd like to go. I'd like to go to business mastery next. I think that's that's um, where I should have gone. I think the first time. Um, uh, but you know, there are no accidents in life, don't I know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would like to go to business mastery. I'd like to learn how to. Um, I'd like to learn how to be better. Mm, in that space yeah cool. let me know when you do um, yeah <laughs> i'd love to hear about it but uh we've, we've kind of run out of time but i'll um just wanted to say thank you for coming on and your story is incredibly powerful it will be heard by over six thousand people and uh a lot of those are in the united states as well so i'll put your foundation in in the episode show notes and also, I'll share that on social media as well. So Thank thanks. Uh, but thanks for sharing your story so openly. It's my pleasure to give. So my final question is something I ask everyone who comes on the show. So if you had to leave this world and you were with your loved ones for the final time, what piece of advice, guidance or quote would you share? Um. You know, I, I really, for, for right now, uh, where I'm at right now in life, is I would want my loved ones to really get that life happens for us, not to us. You know, to trust, to have hope in the universe, that all things are working together for us. Yeah. Very, very beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you.